If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and it feels good to be in the studio again. I'm it here with feel, Helena. It feels good. It feels weird, but it feels good. It also feels weird to actually be doing a live show. I know. <laughs> no swearing. No, I, no. that will be, it will be difficult <laughs> to readjust to, but... You know who's been swearing a lot recently? What? Simran. Has she? On the pre-record. She keeps, yeah. on, dro- she keeps on dropping and then being like timestamp. Like, yeah. that's what you can go back. Well, see, it's all right when we're doing um, pre-records, which for those of you who aren't aware, we have recently, most of our um, episodes have been pre-records. But this is the first time in quite a while. When was the last time we did a live show? I don't want to ruin the illusion, but it's been a while. It's been a while, guys. I think it was like May. It was like, yeah. Oh my God, it was a while. It it has been a while. So it's it's nice to be back. Because we were like, the first two years, we were every single week, like, yeah. In the studio, I think it therefore it brings across this sense of nostalgia. Therefore, like when we're yeah, inside, like it's also good. I just said that out loud. Like the first two years, like we're a year and a half, two two and a half years. Yeah, in. no, Coming wow, three year anniversary, basically just around the corner. I mean, it's like five months away, but still, yeah. Oh my god, that's time flies. It, it, time does fly. Like it's scary. Like. I feel like obviously the older you get the smaller proportion of your life like a year is Mm. so like it goes much quicker but it's scary it's actually scary Carlos we're 27 in a few months you know like the 27 club I find that the most (laughs) interesting thing like you know how like so many celebrities like pass away when they um, reach 27 Oh like my God. Amy Winehouse, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, like Janis Joplin. Swear There's like down, a load of them, which is why it's weird. Like when we're reaching that age, and then eventually we're gonna pass it. Like no way. Yeah. And also, everyone always says like 27 is just a bad year. Like mm. like everyone says 27 is. But it's also the fact that those people are like household names achieved so much in that amount of time and it's 27 yeah. and here we are with our silly little radio <laughs> show speaking to our silly little mics for our silly little audience it's yeah. crazy though because yeah. you think like, you think of these people as like giants in their own right and then and then you realise like it was just the tender age of 27 mm. like crazy anyway staying positive yeah let's not be too morbid let's go to the movies so this week um, or last friday rather the infamous barbenheimer finally happened now i saw in your story obviously um halima went to see oppenheimer on monday i believe yeah i did she had a lot to say i went to see barbie on tuesday you know when you've got those like one ticket for oppenheimer one ticket for barbie like those memes it's like me and you it's actually true it's true it's true but i'm not gonna lie i i wanted to see barbie like i would have preferred to have seen barbie first it's because i went with like my whole family and everyone was like no we want to see oppenheimer but like i wasn't i wasn't that enamored by the hype in the first place i was just being a sheep give your give your review on oppenheimer then so i did it's so overrated it was just so 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 overrated i'm not gonna lie like i it got to i never ever ever have been i go to cinema a lot like i go a lot i'll say maybe like twice a month i go to cinema um and i have never like sat through a movie and i've so i've watched a lot of bad films in the cinema but i've never sat through a film and like scrolled on my phone uh, and it got to that point and it maybe it also because it was three hours long yeah. it was so long but like i just don't okay i understand from an objective filmmaking point of view right in terms of like cinematography and all of those things like pacing and i'm not gonna lie like it wasn't absolutely awful of course it was it was good like i'm glad i watched it it was interesting it was good to watch there were of course you know areas where it was you know northern built tension and it was gray and all of these things but like overall i think it might even be personal choice i don't personally care about the life and the tumult and like the personal politics and personal stories of white american men especially because so I would say spoilers, but it's not really spoiler because it's a it's a biographical. Yeah, film. please do like give like just a brief outline of the plot because I have no idea like what this is. So it's basically it's about Robert Oppenheimer, um, who was who basically he brought nuclear physics over to America, um, and he was the father of the atomic bomb. So he basically created like the atomic bomb, mm. um, and 
so they they spent like three years and it was two billion pounds at the time it was like a top secret mission because obviously during the world war um germany were world war it was the first time the world was really thinking about nuclear capabilities in that way and like germany there were obviously a lot of rumors germany are building a nuclear weapon so obviously america were like we can't let that happen and oppenheimer he was um jewish american as well so he had like a, a guess like it showed in the film a, a personal stake so was this world war Two? world war Two, yeah. yeah during world war Two, and then it was so his bombs that were dropped on um hiroshima and nagasaki yeah that's right it's weird because it's like obviously you've got it, you're a historic figure you've got a legacy you've invented something that's so well known about but then it's like what kind of legacy is it when you <coughs> technically like I, didn't einstein have something to do with it i remember he felt so guilty about what happened with um, in japan well, the film for actually does explore that the film explores a lot about it's it's kind of like it's a very very human um like telling of of oppenheimer's story and basically he builds this the way, what it showed is he used to have like communist ties so he used to be involved with the american communist party um and then he got brought into this project and they spent like i think to this in in today's money it was something like 39 billion pounds or something building this like testing and building this atomic bomb um and then it showed like in the aftermath of it um how the guilt like impacted him a little bit and like he was because immediately after the atomic bomb they started working on the hydrogen bomb um, and then he was kind of, I think, quite against building a hydrogen bomb and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I understand. I understand the kind of, I don't know. I feel like we give white men too much credit. It's like he built the, but everyone's like, oh my God, he's such a human figure. Like he's so, you know, he's such like a morally standing figure because he was, he felt really guilty afterwards and he was really against the hydrogen bomb and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay but like he still he he built he built it and like i remember there's one really really um potent like um scene in the film where um so where they did the testing and all of that so basically what they did was they created like a little town um in the middle of like in a new mexican like in new mexico the state of new mexico desert where they were basically building this bomb for like three years and and obviously when they tested it the first test ever was in this desert but actually it's native american land i mean all of america is native american land but that is still it was very close to a reservation exactly exactly like a reservation and then afterwards he had to have like a hearing um like a, a security hearing um after the war ended and stuff like that because people thought he was like not loyal to the state because he spoke out in certain instances and stuff um and someone asked like okay what should we do with the land basically that you guys were living in all these years building this bomb and he was like give it back to the indians and i and i just and i thought it was so ridiculous because actually what the truth is is that to this day there are um native americans still on that land who are suffering with the effects of radiation yeah. from all of that bomb testing and it's like you didn't have an issue when you lot went to Native American land and you lot didn't have an issue when you're building and testing all of these like radioactive equipment and weapons but then at the end of it you want to kind of pay lip service and be like oh yeah yeah give the land back to the Native Americans I'm like it's such it's just I feel like it's just so perfectly anecdotal of just white politics and that's why i didn't like it it's like i don't care about white man guilt i don't care about it i don't want to see it like and you know what's so annoying as well because this this story focused so much on you know the the personal life and the personal tumult of oppenheimer that all the atrocities that he's responsible for um become very peripheral like hiroshima and nagasaki are in recent memory one of two of the worst human man-made atrocities like i think the death toll is upwards of two hundred thousand people and it was it was maybe like 20 minutes of the film where they were referencing it, it like in passing right of three hours of three hours <laughs> of three hours well they were referencing it in passing and it wasn't even to kind of talk factually objectively about the atrocity but more so like oh how guilty oppenheimer felt about it and it's like you whatever like critique whatever critique of um u.s imperialism that nolan is grasping for it becomes redundant in the face of oppenheimer's like real life decisions to do what he did like you can't nolan can't sit there and and try to make this film to be a critique of u.s imperialism when oppenheimer nevertheless still went ahead with the manhattan project so manhattan project was when they were building the bomb and still and this is the thing that spins me as well he accepted an award 
from the US president like years later. So basically after the bomb, after the war, he was embroiled in like a lot of controversy and then he was like exonerated from all this controversy and then he received an award. And I'm like, if you feel that guilty, if you understand the gravity of what you have done, why are you accepting an award? Mm-hmm. And that's the reality, that's the truth of it. So it doesn't matter how you try to portray him or how you try to portray his story and the events that happen, all of that is made redundant the second that he you know accepted the award because i understand in that situation it's not as black as white you're black and white you're fighting against the nazis you are jewish yourself you feel like you have a personal stake i understand that the moral compass is not so easy to read in that situation but then when you see the way that your science and your technology has been used and that's the that's the point at which you need to draw the line that's the point at which you need to take a stand but then he didn't he still accepted the award and I feel like even though the, the the film tried so hard to kind of show his guilt, it is just a perfect anecdote of white guilt because in the end, he was not even um, criticised or critique for having any... Like, he didn't suffer because he had any pro-communist sentiment or any anti-state or anti-Andre sentiment. Actually, at the end of it, he suffered because there was another character in the film, which I won't say because it's a spoiler, who actually had a vendetta against him. So he was kind of, like, set up in a way. Mm. So that's why you suffered in the end. Not because you took a stand, not because, you know, like, yeah. you spoke out. So... I mean, it's it's interesting to hear you speak about it because honestly, like, I've kind of just I've kind of like been deaf to it because um, I've just like not really been bothered. I just see three hour film that's that's basically like not funny or um, like anything to do with stuff that I'm particularly interested in. Therefore, not interested. Um, therefore, I have no idea that it was actually based on real life events. Yeah, so it was a is, biography. Yeah. yeah. So that is it's interesting, but yeah, I get now it makes sense because when I saw your story and I saw this critique summarized into a, an Instagram story, I was a bit like, I have no idea what, what this is in reference about? to. Yeah. But yeah, it makes sense now. But yeah, something to bear in mind for anyone that is going to go and see Oppenheimer. Right. Boring. My t- Wait, what out of 10 then? Uh, <clears throat> I would say like objective, like cinematography and, and like storytelling or whatever, maybe like a 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. But the kind of wider sociopolitical context and commentary, naff, just naff. Yeah. Right, my turn, Barbie. So, without any spoilers, and also before we go into this, prefacing this by saying, obviously, for those who aren't aware, um, Barbie in itself is sort of, I would class it as like a feminist film, therefore I'm kind of, I'm aware that I'm commenting on this as someone who is not a woman. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, obviously Barbie has had a massive hype up to now, especially in the past six months. Like Their marketing rollout is, is, goodness gracious, the budget for that, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And it's mad to see how well it's worked as well because um, I think my sister was saying this the other day about how it's interesting. I mean, obviously I wouldn't know because I'm not really around kids that much, but it's my impression that Barbie isn't as much of a thing as it was even when we were kids yeah, like yeah. it's gone down yeah. like it is decreasing people kids these days aren't really that bothered with dolls i yeah. would say because, or the, br- the brand barbie yeah not that exactly um so i think it's a clever way of sort of bringing that back in and i imagine obviously that's probably why mattel wanted to get involved with it because it is going to up their sales or whatever however um the film itself has obviously had a lot of hype and I was really looking forward to seeing it because so many people that had seen it in the first couple of days were like, oh my gosh, this is like 11 out of 10. You have to see this. The ending made me cry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, so I was like, okay, this is going to be really good. And I think it was really good. I enjoyed it. Okay. I don't know if it's because of the um, amount of hype though. I did. I did feel like underwhelmed because of mm. because because it had been set at that high, and I was expecting. Those are like so Oppenheimer much. as well. Like yeah. outside of the critique, there was some part of it I was like, "This is not mind blowing." Yeah. And again, I'm aware that a lot of the points that were made within it, I probably would have felt more if I was a woman. And I'm not going to. My word isn't gospel here. You go and watch the film, make make your own opinion. Um, but and I think it's a good film. I think. 
having spoken to a lot of my friends who actually are women as well, a lot of their um, critique of it has been that it's a really good film, but a lot of the points that were being made sort of um, are quite... That they were quite, quite liberal they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they were quite they were quite basic points that people already knew, so it wasn't that groundbreaking. But then you've also got the fact that obviously this is like a mainstream film and is accessible for a lot more. Or even if you're going to as to whether people choose to access it, a lot of people are going to watch this film and to see the points being made in it. Um, I think that's kind of it is positive still that a lot of people are going to watch this film and maybe take in the points that they otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, having said that, it wasn't like necessarily that um, that groundbreaking in that sense. I think it's more groundbreaking in the fact that I don't think there really has been like a mainstream film that's been kind of so obviously like Feminist. just yeah, like kind of pointing fun. That that was the thing. Some bits of it were just so stupid. Yeah. But it was funny because it was like that's actually that that's reality yeah like um, a lot of these points were relating to the way that um men are in general which has also been kind of funny to come out of it and see um that there's been like a lot of men online that have seen the film and have gone on and say oh it's anti-man blah 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 <laughs> yeah, it's I've just like that. having watched it it's hilarious because you watch it and you're like yeah it's true like mm. this, it, it's 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 like it's a very much dumbified yeah um but it is it is it's 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 reality like there's like scenes where it's like in um the real world for example in like businesses and hierarchies and stuff like that and it's just so like spot on as to what it actually mm -hmm. is like mm -hmm. having said that as well obviously there are a lot of like heartfelt moments in it and i don't necessarily see why the ending was cryworthy but i can understand why it was like quite it yeah i don't it know each, yeah. yeah each to their own um and obviously as well the, the i think one of the main things about it as well as the casting like it's been really cool to see so many of these like fun actors like mm, bar being maybe. barbie and kenified yeah i was gonna say like i think i've not watched the film yet but um from the clips and trailers and all the marketing stuff that i've seen like i think it's quite fun especially for our generation who grew up with barbie like to see mm. a live action like barbie film yeah definitely and to see it again it's sort of like it is sort of hyper aware of all the stigma surrounding Barbie and it makes comments on that. Uh -huh. And it's kind of nice that the film is like kind of p poking fun at itself almost. Okay, yeah. Like it is like good. And I saw a thing that Greta Gerwig, um, the director, said about how like she went to Mattel with like these jokes and was like, look, let us make these yeah. jokes about Barbie because if we're not going to say this, then someone else someone is else going will, to. Yeah, sure. So you might as well be the one to do it. Um, but yeah no i think it was still good and i think overall i'd probably give it like an eight out of ten okay. but i think I, I probably am more generous the average if i was someone else i probably would have given it a seven but i'm going to give it an eight um, because i would watch it again and, and the soundtrack it's, was good and as well it's just fun yeah exactly like, I, 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 like yeah. outside of the critique and outside of everything else like it looks just like a fun movie like even exactly. if you're watching it with absolutely every single brain cell turned off I feel like it's the kind of film you could just enjoy. Exactly, and I think that's why... And Oppenheimer is not that. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, I'm standing here, like, giving this, this like, deep-felt critique because mm. it's been built up so much and because there's been so much about it. Like you say, if i just gone in, like, objectively and watched it, it is the kind of film that you would be like, lol, like, maybe stick yeah. on, like... Not, yeah. not, not at Christmas time or something like that. You know what I mean? Just kind of like, oh, it's on Netflix. I might as well watch it. Like, while I'm just doing yeah. this, that, and the other while I'm partying yeah. in the house. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, like, I feel int it's interesting to be on the other side of Oppenheimer. Um, apparently, we have. Are you going to watch it? No. Realistically, yeah, I I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Like, I don't. I barely get through Bollywood movies. Like, <laughs> I like. They're like obviously a lot more interesting because at least they have a song and dance in them oh do you know what's so funny like I, when I when I posted that thing about like, Opp Oppenheimer one of my friends replied like oh my god I feel exactly the same way and I replied to her saying oh I should have just gone and watched Barbie and she was like no that wasn't good either mm. and then I was like you know what I should have just watched Kobe because she could be gone for the 57th time on Netflix <laughs> that will never get old that will never get old no 
I'm glad they put it back on. They keep taking it off and I'm virtually listening. Yeah. Yeah, just before the music, we were chatting a bit about streaming services, which nicely brings us on to next topic of today, the writer's strike, which has been going on for a few weeks now. Um, I don't know how much you've seen on that, Halima, in terms of what's been going on with it. Um, I've seen some stuff, but... No, so not bi- too much. So to, to provide a bit of context, because I know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, why are they going on strike?" Obviously, it's this something. Obviously, though, it's something it? to do with pay. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, it, it's not the first time. I think in Hollywood. Yeah, I think maybe the last time was two thousand and seven. I want to say something like that. Because I remember yeah. every because um, all the shows that came out that year had like half the number of episodes. Yeah. Because they didn't have writers. That's that strike lasted for um. 93 days i think every three years the writers guild has a meeting with this other organization that is basically like higher than them and it's basically like it's all the people that pays them basically and it's basically they have to come to an agreement on like a contract basically and if they don't come to an agreement then they strike until they get what they want want, essentially But the re- the main reasons for this um, strike have been revolving around residuals. Um, now, residuals, um, obviously, when you think of like people who are involved in any kind of TV show or film, um, they will obviously get paid for the gig, the acting gig, right? But then, obviously, after that, you have all the reruns that get played every time a movie gets played on TV, that sort of thing. Um, royalties. And yeah, stuff, it's yeah. essentially like royalties for. Um, musicians except um back in the day before streaming um platforms a large amount of these residuals came from um commercials so obviously the commercials the adverts that would play during when a film or tv show is online a certain on the tv a certain amount of that money would go towards the writers the actors whoever Mm. and the problem now is that with streaming platforms you obviously don't really have Uh. the adverts it's mainly based on just a single annual fee or a monthly fee Mm. which is like then like well how do we then like pay people with residuals um and for example for, yeah, for, it is interesting conundrum. how you come um, about it. i mean yeah. the only way really i can see maybe is just for them to introduce more adverts which is bad for us but then it's better for the writers i suppose but the thing is to give to give you an example of how different this is so abba elementary that's quince brunson's um yeah. new tv show it's been out for a couple of seasons that gets played on um abc yeah. Um, so that goes out on Cable TV. TV yeah. yeah, it goes out on TV, but then also it's available on like Hulu and Disney Plus. So Is it available on Disney Plus. Apparently. Oh my god! Yeah, I've I really, been I really, to watch I really that. want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. just side note. Oh but um, to give you an example of that, writers can expect to take home um, around thirteen point five um, grand in dollars. So that's like thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. Okay. They can expect to take that home, that much home, when it gets re-aired on ABC and whatever. But wait, thirteen thousand five hundred. Yeah, I'm not sure as to what that quantity is in terms of whether that's like how often. Like obviously for one play, surely what? that can't be true. I don't really understand. Don't, wait, what? No, it, it, like for one season, they, that's. I. This is the thing. I don't know what this is for. It's more about the comparison. Okay, go because on. it's like thirteen point five k for when it's on TV, right. but when it's on streaming, they can expect to make seven hundred dollars. Oh wow! So wow, for those of you who can't see my jaw drop, that's five percent. You basically. said seven, and I thought okay, half, half. Yeah. Okay. It's, well, it's, not even seven thousand. Yeah, seven hundred. So it's five percent, really, because it's about fourteen k. Oh seven hundred. Oh my so. god. Yeah. Uh-uh. So. Yeah, you lot keep striking. <laughs> yeah, keep striking. It's, it's obviously and the way things are going. Like I remember, um, like lo- loads of um, actors as well as writers have been stri- um, speaking out about it. Like some of the main cast from um, Orange Is the New Black. I remember yeah. they've been going, like I think it's the one who plays them um, so so. Um, she, saying that they, it cost them money to be on the show. Yeah, like literally doesn't. But like a lot of them still had second um, jobs, jobs while they were yeah. on it. Um, like and they they showed like a receipt of their residuals, and it was literally like for I think it was maybe for one season, and it was like twenty seven dollars. 
for being one of the biggest shows. That's a problem. Okay, so you know, like we were talking just now about, um, oh, it's interesting what the workaround would be on and how to kind of divide residuals when there's no adverts on Netflix and stuff. I just realised that that's actually a ridiculous question to ask because it's not that Netflix doesn't have money. This it's is not thing, that yeah. Netflix doesn't. It's not that Netflix doesn't have profit. It's not that mm. Netflix doesn't have revenue. It's not that Netflix isn't making money. Like whatever the system was before of how to pay them, that's because that was the system of how they made the money. Yeah. Netflix have a new way of making money, and they're making more money than like all of table cable TV, like mm. or every single cable TV ch- channel. Like Netflix are making like I you lot I don't need to tell you how absolutely lucrative Netflix is. So mm. like, what's the issue? I it's not that you don't have the money. The prices as well. Like, Eggs, they are. Yeah. They are. So like, it's mm. not that you lot don't have the money. Yeah, I like, mean, look at the budget for your shows. Yeah, you know what's really ironic? Obviously, the writers won't have. It, it won't be the, the big dogs and Netflix that made this decision. But have you watched the latest season of Black Mirror? Uh, yeah, I've Li- watched some episodes, yeah. Literally the first episode of season six is poking fun at the idea of, like... Um, Joan you, is awful. You, yeah, using people for granted, Joan's that sort awful, of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Which takes on to the second point um, of why like, these people are striking is because it's becoming increasingly common for um, these big um, entertainment companies to use AI to um, make um, TV shows, which is obviously putting a lot of writers out of work or, or stands to potentially put a lot of writers out of work. Okay, good luck. You're going to fail. Yeah, literally. <laughs> the thing is as well, I even read something that's crazy in regards to actors, right? There's, I read something about there's this um there's this program and um apparently like it's like an extra um got this contract and it was basically said like do you allow us to um you get paid for one day of work you come in we then like take videos of you doing whatever and we can then use your likeness that's, to uh, that's, create um, AI, and then we can just we can use that as many times as we want to do whatever, yeah. and never have to pay you again. That's the pro- that's the premise of like yeah. Joan is awful, basically. Exactly. So like, it's like, how is Netflix putting out literally one of their biggest TV shows, making fun of this kind of idea? Like, uh, and this, then they're, they're turning they're around and doing, doing it. it. And the whole point is literally in. I'll put a sp- spoiler alert. Literally in the episode, there's a point where. Um, she goes to Netflix headquarters and they're literally doing like that. And yeah. like, it's make makes Netflix out to she be. She has to the, mash up the whole thing oh, to oh, get sorry, out of it. It's not Netflix, it's Streamberry, but it's yeah. obviously. It's the, the, you know, that whole season of Black Mirror, that whole season was yeah. talking about like the, the kind of exploitative nature of certain tre- streaming industries because the the lock episode, you know, the Scottish one. Did yeah. You watch that? that was a great episode. Yeah. But that one as well, because it, it was, once again, spoiler, if you haven't watched it, don't listen right now. But, um, well, no, keep listening. Just down a bit. Um, but that one as well, um, you know, his dad's murder um, and then like the whole ordeal and all the things that come out afterwards, like he wins the award and he sits there and he looks at it um, on the streaming I've won side. at what cost? At what cost? It's yeah. a period, like victory, right? Like, yeah. um, but... I don't know. I feel like I I am always 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 in support of um paying people fairly like pay people for their labor pay people what they ask you to pay them um i can't but especially now when you kind of contextualize this conversation within the statistics and the facts and the figures it's just it's, it is ridiculous it's it's just how how you are in this multi billion dollar industry and then there are actors and writers making absolute pennies to the point where they're either losing money to to help you netflix make money or um you know having to have second jobs and all that kind of stuff like it's not give people a livable wage you know and that's across that's just a fundamental human right for everyone is, to have a, a livable wage it's peak as well because when you think about it the fact that like actors and writers on shows like as big as orange is the new black for example are being treated that way and you think about the amount of actors out there that are just struggling to make their big break and it shows that even when you get your big break is it's it not all what it seems exactly like, yeah. exactly like there's such a discrepancy between like name and fame and then like actual like fi- 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 being financially rewarded and compensated for for your work for your labor um yeah but 
pay the people man like yeah. otherwise you will actually uh, to be fair I'm, I'm kind of slightly glad I feel like these these corp corporations and like the people right at the top who are, who are the ones making these decisions and pulling these strings maybe they need to learn the hard way like maybe they need to lead, learn a really hard lesson do your AI thing let's see well, let's see in it the thing yeah yeah because the thing is I've, I've seen something that apparently since the strike happened they've now been like doing more kind of they've they've like put out contracts for more kind of ai jobs basically people that can do that and do it's it. just so do it do it we'll see i mean we've seen like even something like chat gpt it can't do everything you know what i mean and there like, will always be it's not even that it can't do everything like even if it could it will never do it the way that a human knows how to do yeah. it how will a chat be to like the whole the, the thing about shows and tvs and stuff like that like it's is to convey stories and convey lives and emotions and and experiences like computer cannot do that the way that a human can like just it just can will never you know so i'm interested to see how it goes but i'm i'm like very sad that it's at the cost of you know people not literally being able to earn a living yeah i mean solidarity to everyone that is um doing this and especially like for example i think at the oppenheimer premiere a lot of it, it i think the strike literally started like the day of or something yeah, yeah. so a lot of them like walked off the red carpet so i think that's the thing as well it's nice to see actors that are very clearly loaded and in the most privileged positions still taking a stand yeah. like at, at least they're doing that who did that i think florence Pugh. i think i think oh, killian murphy like left oh, I, think, I, I think a lot of the main cast left it was literally just um what's his name nolan that was left there to kind of like say like because obviously he kind of had he, he, <laughs> he kind like he i mean i think people have like been debating over whether he should have left but he kind of had to be there i think i think he did use his opening speech to kind to say, of right, say about okay. it but like yeah um, damn. i mean i mean from a completely selfish point of view you've now got the fact that we're gonna be gone without some of our favorite series for a, a while as well so which one which ones are affected um, I'm not sure because y- you know how you see like news online and it's kind of like is, the, is this tr- it, yeah. no, it's also like is this true or are people just speculating for example I've seen something about Stranger Things being delayed no I know no well, I swear <laughs> to god when you said our favourite shows in my head I was thinking yeah. not strange that's it I'm getting a flight to Hollywood that's no you lot Mm-mm. if it's Stranger Things that will be the one that's delayed I will, me I will personally get involved now yeah the kid, Stranger Things kids are literally going to be like grandparents by the time they get to no, season five. please, please. That's one of my favourite uh, shows ever. I'm begging, just pay them. I know. It's not hard as well. That's literally like the way to resolve this whole thing. Literally just pay them. Because you have the money. Stop being greedy. It's actually just greed. The, the conversation is actually just about greed. Hmm. If you if you lot, if you lot were struggling for revenue and profit, okay, yeah, maybe different conversation, but we know you're not. If you want some ASMR, this is Halima drinking her water. I did it very discreetly. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the one time you're not like... Oh, I love <laughs> ASMR, guys. Wait, hang on. A little update for you. Oh, my gosh. Here comes the chalk. A little update. <laughs> <laughs> so, in... When was it? January or February... I came to the studio, came on the show, and I confessed to everybody that I have a chalk addiction problem. Mm. And I remember at the time, like, I was just hee 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 laughing about it because I thought, oh, it's just a phase. Like, I'll get over it. Like, you know, whatever. It's not that serious. Um, and then it got to June, like, what, five, six months later. And you lot, not only had the addiction not stopped, it's, it had gotten worse. As in, like, all as in like I, I if I'm having a conversation with someone I'm on my phone watching chalk crushing videos at the same time if I'm watching a show I'm on my phone watching chalk crushing videos at the same time if I'm just doing anything at work in a meeting I'm on my phone watching chalk crushing videos at the same time I thought it's enough it's enough I deactivated my Instagram for a month thinking like do you know what maybe that'll help me wait was that the reason yes Carlos I said it I literally said it on on my story I literally was like guys I'm not even joking with you guys but I need to get off Instagram because I'm addicted to chalk crushing videos and it's to the point where like I'm like a nitty I'm actually a chalk crushing nitty like it's not it's not normal I I I down I deactivated oh no wait hang on there's another plot twist to the story do you know Timu do you know what Timu is no 
You've not heard of Timu? No. So Timu was basically the new like AliExpress, eBay, oh, Shein, right. Amazon thing. But like the prices are like, well, I mean, exploitatively cheap, like scarily cheap. But basically, because it's like a new thing, it's been giving people like a lot of credit like a lot of free credit and people have just been going crazy over it i don't know how you've not heard of it i'll give it a few months definitely one million percent you will hear of it um anyways i'm not gonna lie i went on team and guess what i did you bought some job. i bought a job for me to crash guys i got i was i've been that addicted i went on timu and i bought chalk for me to crush because i thought i can't die not knowing how this feels I mean, what actually, what do they do with the chalk once it's been crushed? So, so oh, I'll tell you. So oh they crush God. it and they'll reform it. So it's just like, it's just, it's very sustainable. Like right. they'll crush uh, the chalk. Tell me now, truthfully, are you going to reform the chalk? I'm not going to lie. I haven't even crushed all of it, the mm. ones that I have. Like I'm not, but it's just, my point is I deactivated Instagram because I thought I need chalk crushing rehab i've come back on instagram and i'm just addicted and i can't stop being addicted as in like let's go on my um explore oh page gosh. right now in real time to see how bad it is i mean for contrast i'm gonna see what mine is oh yeah go on that's that's quite right chalk you can't see chalk 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 <laughs> it's just it, all my um explore page is chalk and nails and a little bit of like recipe videos. It's just all look chalk, 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 chalk. It's all chalk. Not being funny. Why does mine think I'm like a One Direction fan? <laughs> why is Chucky. yours just Lee, Zayn Lee, Malik. Liam and Zayn? Oh my god. Zayn and Taylor. Maybe because Zayn. yours is like um, Harry Styles. Like music new <laughs> news always. God. Zayn. <laughs> Why is it doing this? It's better that I'd rather have Zayn Malik on my explore page than than fifty million chalk videos. Oh I remember it's it's like when I say it's the majority of the videos are just chalk videos. I'm not joking, guys. So, anyways, it's so it's obviously like it's a neurodivergent thing because it's like a sensory thing. Mm. Because you know what else I love. Um, yesterday, my I was talking with my sister. We were sat down having a chat, and I didn't realize maybe the chat was maybe like an hour, hour and a half. And for the entire hour, hour and a half, I was sat there watching um, uh, uh, Crystal Candy. So, like Crystal Candy, it's this like this jelly like candy, but it's really uh, uh, like hard, and and it makes like a really crunchy sound when you bite into it. And people do like ASMR videos, and oh, it's so good, guys. Um, that's another thing I'm addicted to. Not as much as chalk, but that's another thing I am addicted to. So, you know, people who have too much time that don't actually have time. That's you. It's. Do you know what it is? This is a side of neurodivergence yeah. that people don't see and don't understand and don't don't really get. But like, that's genuinely what it is. It's one million. It's a sensory thing. Like, I just love crunchy things. Like, you you can't see I'm gritting my teeth right now, but like. <laughs> Uh, anyway you know keep me in your prayers man it's actually i'm really struggling <laughs> going back to mainstream news other than halima's chart crushing habits um doja cat have you seen about this oh i've seen bits and pieces right i don't really know what's going on yeah and to be honest i don't know if i really care how much either but it is an, it's an it's an interesting one because yeah. you wouldn't expect this kind of thing to happen so i by the way i will say that depending on what i'm gonna hear i'll give you my reaction but i've not really heard the news i i think jordan doja cat is really talented yeah she's extremely talented and her music is really good like she Ra like I, like she's a fantastic like um mc genuinely mm. didn't she say that like she's um her next music she wants to focus a lot more on i think maybe she wants to focus a lot more on rap like she doesn't want to do stuff like she did on planet her anymore. yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. but she's 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 so good at rapping mm. yeah i mean i think that can be true in like 
regardless of yeah, this. Yeah, like objectively, she's yeah. a fantastic musician. She is. But basically what happened, and this is drama that happened on Threads, by the way. So if you're not on Threads, you missed oh, that. Oh, that's why. <laughs> but basically, um, Doja Cat took to Threads to basically tell fans who call themselves Kittens, aka the fan name for Doja Cat stands, to get off of their phones and get a job. Then, after a fan account asked for a preferred fan base nickname, she doubled down, writing, just delete the entire account and rethink everything. Oh, that's not nice. She also denied one person's request to say that she loved her fans, saying, I don't, though, because I don't even know y'all. Oh, oh. (laughs) Many fan accounts have subsequently deactivated their accounts. It's a bit bit intense. I mean... Not all these failed parasocial relationships. This is God. the thing: is this paras? Is this element of parasocial relationships where it's kind of like people do tend to see their um, their celebrity um, idols, whatever, as their friend rather than someone. Like back in the day, it used to just be like magazines and TV that you'd see people nice that interact was, yeah, on social media. You can and act, stuff. It's so you're so much closer to them, and you start seeing them as your actual friend rather than as someone that actually. Has like, she apologised or said anything since? No, I don't think she has. And fans have obviously been argued that like being a fan is like a 50-50 thing. Like you give them respect, you expect it back. So I feel like there probably is a way that she could have maybe said what she said in a nicer way or just not said it at all. I mean, mm. also ultimately, like people, bots are always going to exist. Fan accounts are always going to exist. So you might as well just... Might as well just ignore no, but also them, like, like, but I don't know. I feel like okay. So obviously, we are, we are, I think we've spoken before about parasocial relationships on this show and like kind of the dangers and the disadvantages and and like the ways in which it can be bad. But um, from what you're saying, these interactions were not like she she wasn't being harassed by her fans. She wasn't being like judged or had any negative comments or anything. Like mm. she'd just come on and kind of like said some things and then maybe people retaliated and said some things back. But it wasn't like off the cuff. Um, and I think I think in that instance, like. That's just not nice, Doja Cat. Like, I think. I mean, people have speculated that the reason why she reacted in such a way is because a lot of her fans are questioning her actions, given that it's rumored that she's going out right, with a Twitch say. streamer called Jay Cyrus, apparently, who is facing multiple allegations of emotional abuse and, so, and racism. No, like I, I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of them until. Yeah, I, I've heard this guy as well. Once again, allegations of um, like apparently he's he's been like quite openly racist online um um so uh, i don't know it's like a tricky one in it like it's such a thin line between like how much do you owe like the public and like the fans and stuff being a very public figure and not just being a public figure but like enjoying the benefits of that like you're you're sitting here and like you're bemoaning um certain aspects of parasocial relationships so even even i don't even know how much of it is actually parasocial relationship and how much of it is just the public wanting to hold her to account for like her affiliations i guess because it's it is the public's prerogative to want to know like what's your affiliation what's your like um where do you stand because then that might inform whether they support her or not right like um and not not even in an entitled way like i said it's just a prerogative um Mm. but to talk like that about your fans and then especially when they're like not necessarily being antagonistic or aggressive towards you like it is it is just mean like it sounds such a juvenile word but it's so mean um because you wouldn't be nothing without your fans and Um, like your life the life that you have now the life that you're living the luxuries and the benefits that you're enjoying the capital that you have gained mm. is from your fan base i feel actually thinking about it as well i think so i feel so bad for them because these people that create these fan accounts literally live for the potential of like an interaction with them and they finally got that interaction and it's something like that exactly and it's like you you might be on one end of it where you're so frustrated with the scrutiny and all of these things but also like you don't know who's at the other end of your fan account and like being a public figure you have to assume a certain responsibility for being out there and, and for the people who might follow you uh, because it might be a young kid who looks up to you in a way that like you you can you never know what you mean to someone do you know what i mean like as a public figure you never know like kind of what 
significance or importance you might have in someone's life and to kind of like go out and just just be talking anyhow like yeah it's kind of like if you if you don't want to do that then just don't break that wall right like exactly. between you and them like exactly. just keep them at a distance rather exactly. than if you're gonna enter their world because it's a lot easier for them to enter your world than you enter theirs they will they won't have like a million dms or whatever but you do like exactly. if once you say something to them unless you go looking for it you're not going to be able to continue that conversation exactly so. exactly and you don't know like you interacting with someone in a negative way like there might be other other fans of yours who like will jump on them and like you know start like a hate train yeah. and all that kind of stuff but i don't know i feel like as a public figure and you're enjoying the limelight you're enjoying the spotlight you're enjoying the money and the capital and the fame and the wealth that comes with you being a public figure and having this fan base you do have a responsibility to not talk to people especially like if it's like kids do you know what i mean like you don't know if it's a kid mm. it might be like a teenager yeah you really don't know that so stop yeah. being so mean doja cat it's just a bit judgy isn't it like get off your phone and think about like what you're doing like if someone enjoys doing that as long as they've not gone to the extent of being like borderline obsessive like yeah like if they've not harassed you they've not been aggressive or whatever like yeah leave them alone man <laughs> very true i mean it goes without saying obviously she can still be talented but this wasn't very nice that's what it is i think i think that's fundamentally just what it is like even like i don't know what's going on with her and this guy or like who this guy is or what how, how true the allegations about him ring true but mm. um like fundamentally at the, at the core of it is just mean <laughs> like i said it sounds so juvenile when you say it but it is just mean mm. like on that topic of like their prerogative and everything though like where do you draw the line with that like do the fans like you're saying they don't have a right but like so they don't have a right per se to know exactly what's going on but like i don't know like how much art should they be allowed to kind of like know about? i think i think like it's 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 the art is the it's the um fans is prerogative to want to know or to ask or whatever and then it's always the artist's prerogative to withhold or share that information mm. um and like obviously none of us know what it's like to be famous i don't think i could ever handle fame like you know i'm not i'm being fully serious i eat me i even stay locked out of the mango instagram account because sometimes like if we get like dodgy comments or unwanted interactions like i'll just be saying anything can, anyhow can i tell you one comment that someone commented on the tiktok of uh um just a boil post just one just one. just a what can i tell you something that someone commented that just made me laugh out loud that someone was saying saying it about oh us. just stop oil yeah. oh go on oh go on <laughs> They let anyone have podcasts these days. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, for it's God's funny sake. because we I mean, it's, it's true, they do, but that does not, not yeah, us. it does it's not apply to us. It's about that guy that's been getting all his stick because he went on a podcast and started talking about how, like, um, older women don't know how to do certain things oh, in the bedroom. Oh, my as God, well yeah. As well. I was literally like, what, I saw why, that. why, why? Who I saw asked, that. like, why you say... No, but makes, then that guy... No sense as well oh so for those of you who don't know like what carlos is talking about there's like this viral clip of a man who is on a podcast and he's basically talking about how it's better for men for even older men to go for younger women because they are sexually more um talented let's oh just no say. it's it, no what his point was as well it's because they because they they, they, yeah, they're younger they'll go on the internet and learn whereas an old woman won't yeah he, he like, literally i think the way he phrased it was like yeah the old woman is just the older women are just stuck in their ways and they don't want to do this and they don't want to do that whereas the younger women they want to please you and they want to you know they want to keep you and they want to get you and they're going to go and blah 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 blah. like even just his phrasing is just fu- wow Woo! Woo! apologies I then. to anyone that <laughs> Um, <laughs> apologies. I mean, to if you can't tell, I, this obviously very yeah. um, gets me very animated. Yeah, apologies to anyone that was able to complete Alima's sentence yeah. in their head. <laughs> 
apologies. It's just ridiculous what he's saying is a foreign. It's, it's just so insanely sexist and misogynistic. But also, what's so funny is um, and this and this is what I really love the internet because them lot are, can really move like the FBI when they want to. They were really went and did a full DBS check on this man. Apparently, this man is like thirty five years old. He's got like a number of baby moms, like something like what six seven baby moms, and he's wanted on num uh, like or he has a number of um abuse allegations against him like active abuse allegations against him and this is the man who wants to literally come on beyonce's internet and fix his lips to talk about just pure misogyny that's the kind of people yeah this is that's, that's the, kind the kind of, of people. people that you need to be commenting <laughs> who let you on here not mango masala saying not maybe us. we should assess whether just not oil, us talking like, about our chalk videos yeah. <laughs> and like just up oil aren't all that bad when I'm you think about, about climate what they're crisis, doing yeah like, you wait up like is the camera dead yeah the camera the camera isn't <laughs> on their payroll as the, well. the end of his payroll <laughs> yeah he's he's done something to it he sabotaged us uh, but, but let's play a bit of music pussycat dolls you lot really you. missed out on my <laughs> fantastic singing Missed it was out good. Is an interesting way. No, to it was good. Put it. It wasn't awful. I'm alive. Uh, that uh, that's right. that's testament enough. Anyway, welcome back to Mango Masala into the final <laughs> twenty minutes of the show. Um, final topic I wanted to talk about is um, someone who's from these ends goes by the name of Mr. Matty Healy. 1975 oh for god's sake what about him it's the latest <laughs> incident oh. um so do you, have you seen about what happened in malaysia tell me right so basically um the 1975 were performing at this music festival in malaysia Ooh, yeah i think I, I think yeah go on and um obviously Matty Healy is known for his on-stage rants and various interesting acts, um, if you've ever seen him live. Um, he was speaking on stage at this festival, Good Vibes Festival, in Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> Not Good Vibes. Yeah, um, in our opinion. Um, in Malaysia, which is obviously a, um Islamic country, Um Bear in mind, whilst he was speaking on stage, you have a champagne bottle in his hand, which is already a bit like, is, I don't know how respectful really that is. Yeah. Um, and he said, quote, I do not see the point of inviting the 1975 to a country <clears throat> and then telling us who we can have sex with before kissing his male bandmate. I'm sorry. So why did you go then? I'm sorry if that offends you and you're religious. If you want to invite me here to do a show, you can F off. I'll take your money. You can ban me, but I've done this before and it doesn't feel good. I'm so confused by that. I'm really confused by that. I'm not against people taking stances against like anti-LGBTQ laws and policies or whatever. Yeah. Um, just because I don't, regardless of, and I say this as a Muslim, like regardless of religion, like everyone should be able to practice wh however, whatever beliefs they have, whatever, yeah. however they want to live, right? Um, and I don't believe that um, there should be an overarching, like an a superimposing um, structure that tells you that you can or can't whatever it's your it's your everyone has a right to live their life how they want to so I don't think it's it's a bad thing to take a stance against certain policies um, <clears throat> but it's just it seems a little bit just and again I say this as a Muslim where it's very difficult where to know where critique ends and where Islamophobia starts mm. like I, I often find this with like um, discussions on LGBTQ, like because um, a, a lot of a lot of um, Islamophobia I have seen come from like LGBTQ communities, and it's like I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, disdain or critique or criticism coming from people who are actively like impacted by those laws. But it's really hard, especially when it's like white men, especially mm. him who is, as far as we are aware, like a straight white man, critiquing the like religion in a way that is obviously just extremely brazen. And 
and it, and I say that as well because his his intention and agenda I feel like can be scrutinized because why did he go like yeah. surely the protest starts from when you are given the invitation and you decline yeah. like for example I mean it's a completely different thing but Mel C was meant to do some kind of New Year's um eve performance in russia i believe i think it was russia and because of everything that's going on with ukraine i believe she stepped down from doing that i think right. that's what happened which obviously is a completely different thing but that's an example of someone you no, don't, you I've, do, you I've don't, seen it yeah, before like um you don't agree with a certain thing exactly just don't do it there's been there's been numerous i can't think from the top of my head but numerous artists who for example like will just refuse to perform in israel or like they'll pull out mm. and stuff like that like yeah. I've, I've seen that happen before so like it's that's that's where the protest starts but to like go there and then like and then the kind of weird speech and also by, by the way by the way bearing in mind a little bit context about him is he not like a known racist and is he not like a known islamophobe like islamophobe i'm not sure about islamophobe i do know that his most recent antics have been that he went on a podcast again <laughs> like control has mics it's really giving and they were basically up. making fun of ice spice and saying some quite racist things about her to be fair i don't think he said anything but he was kind of like laughing along with them so it's just a bit like and then did he but then also did he not talk about like he he made i saw i read somewhere that he um said something about basically he watches violent oh that's porn it against, like black yeah women. it's this what's it called um I, I can't think remember the name. Ghetto something. Yeah. I think that's the name of the website. Like aggressive racist and it, porn. It, yeah, it, it's literally women. a whole website dedicated towards degrading porn towards um, women of colour. Like that's right. literally what the whole website is. Right. So it's a bit like. Where's your moral compass then? Yeah. The yeah. O- I mean, the other thing is as well, even the, I mean, we've already unpacked so much before even going into what then happened. So. Inevitably, they were then banned within half an hour of him saying that. But then what's so peak is that the next two days of the concert, um, of the festival, were then cancelled. So because of that instance, the whole festival was cancelled. I've also... Sorry, go on. On this festival, um, the lineup is a lot of, like... Um, up and coming Malaysian local artists, right. like that sort of thing. Okay. So this white man from the UK has come along, made this, used the stage yeah. and the opportunity and the festival as his little like ranting opportunity, like yeah. It, and now like there's local musicians that are suffering the the brunt of that. I yeah. also read somewhere, like I saw somewhere, I can't remember. I think it was um, um, Martin Awoma, our friend Martin oh, from yes. Sludgemag. Yeah, he did an interview um, with a Malaysian friend of his yeah. uh, talking about the situation i didn't i didn't um like listen to the whole thing yet but i think basically the gist was that there's been backlash for lgbtq muslims like in malaysia um mm. like yeah well. obviously when something like that happens it's it's like even it, obviously whenever something negative happens surrounding a particular demographic more often than not that particular demographic will suffer a backlash regardless of whether they were involved in any sort of way because the attention is drawn towards them and like exactly and i feel like that's again like a very very like perfect anecdote of while white allyship it's like you yeah. you are going and you're paying lip service and like we can we can in my opinion i can really quite succinctly like observe that as being um lip service because of like you uh, the things that have come out about you before the controversy you've been involved in before the manner in which you did it the things that you were saying and also like just because I, i i understand kind of politics and 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 how often as i said the line falls into islamophobia i can i can really see and i can really tell um and you've gone on and you've used the stage as like your little ranting tool not really actually understanding the impact that what that it might have on the natives particularly lgbtq natives the same people who you are supposedly advocating and standing up for like you have not thought about their safety you are a white international pop star like you nothing will happen to you just thinking about the words that he used as well his rant seemed more to do with i don't like that you're telling people what to do rather than i don't people like that you're safe, yeah, or, like, yeah. that you're you you're upholding these 
um, policies that are against might oppress people. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Like, there's there's nothing said about the the people that live there or their experiences or what's going on with them. Like, nothing yeah. at all. Like, it, it's it's seems it seems very rooted in his own like ego. I know? mean, it's there's even more to support this because this isn't the first time that he's done something like this. So in 2019, the 1975 performed in Dubai, which again, obviously, UAE. Um, is a Muslim country um, with um, certain laws that are um, anti-LGBT. Human rights uh, allegations all over the gaff, Dubai, let's not even beat around the bush. (laughs) Awful, awful place, Mm. in our opinion. I mean, yeah, having been for the first time recently, it wasn't... I was expecting it to be a lot more intense, but I don't know. It's very easy. It feels like you're in the West, right? Just because really hot. <laughs> yeah, well, it's very hot. But actually, Dubai is it's, it's such an interesting place. Like because um, I think eighty per, or over eighty percent of the population are you know expats, quote unquote expats, i.e. not native Emirati people. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's very easy to go over there and emulate a Western life, that which is why a lot of people do. But obviously, at the base of it, at the core of it, is several human rights abuses yeah. and, and kind of issues and controversies surrounding that place. So. Yeah, I mean particularly from people from South Asia as well who basically built it. it. Uh, south asian and african Mm. like migrants who are um and this is kind of actual factual information that have been that has come out in a number of reports um the the country is essentially built on like slave labor so 20 years ago it was all just desert land and now it's it's a commercial heaven um and 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 the whole country has built been built on the backs of like black and brown migrant labor forces who are not adequately compensated for their labor um there's numerous story after story story of people kind of these migrants having their passport taken off them so that they can't escape um being literally abused being paid pennies for their labor being like dying because there are not adequate adequate like safety precautions in place um and no one caring like it's it's really awful so that all being said obviously if you want to critique places like dubai uae feel free because there obviously is a lot to be said there however in 2019 the 1975 were performing in dubai and what does my healy decide to do whilst performing he decides to kiss a male fan not even a member no but not even a member of not even a member of the band did he ask a male fan i don't know i haven't i haven't seen the video or anything but my point is right Fair enough. Again, if you'd wanted to make a stand, for example, I think Little Mix, when they performed in Dubai, I think they like had uh, the pride flag in the background mm. sort of thing, um, which I think is like a fair like way to protest against these yeah, sort of things. Yeah, I like, don't show know. Your like... Allyship. I, but obviously you've then got the idea of like, right, so you're going to critique um, Dubai for this. Are you going to then go to other places? And Everywhere in the world. Break with, with, down, with, yeah, like, exactly. Like, how, how are you deciding like which countries homophobia you want to stand against? Like, and why speci- and specifically homophobia? Are we then going to go to somewhere like Amer- America, exactly. for example, and like Racism do something about like, yeah, blackness yeah. or anything else? Like, how, how do you, how do you like draw that moral compass of when you're, when you're pro testing and when you're not that's firstly secondly the thing that spins me a little bit and the reason why i say it's all just performative activism and allyship is that i'm very interested to know where the money where the fee for the 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 performances goes to because Matty Healy went on and he was like well i'm still gonna take your money well that's the whole point you're gonna take their money yeah right if you're that enamored by the issue of like you know homophobia in malaysia take the fee and then donate it to because exactly, I, I exactly. know a million percent there will be numerous charities on the ground yeah. that are dedicated to supporting the people who are you know bearing the brunt of these laws yeah. and policies did your money go to them no because yeah. you actually stood there and you said i'm still going to take your money okay but who were like how, what kind of um social ju- what kind of social justice is 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 in that yeah I mean, the thing again with this whole Dubai performance was they still got paid. No, but no, but even aside from this whole paying element of it, you, even if the fan consented to this, you've literally in front of so many people in a country that 
prohibits that kind of relationship mm-hmm. you've gone and kissed them they're most likely an inhabitant of that country of, and exactly. then you're gonna have to that it's likely if you're at a concert that your face in this day and age is going to be plastered everywhere that incident's going to be plastered everywhere you can hop on your plane and go and back finish. to wherever that's it. well that's but, the same thing for the malaysians like they're yeah. not going to sit there and they're not going to have to bear the brunt of like the anti you know um lgbtq sentiment yeah. that has been obviously exacerbated by his yeah protest i mean i think this is i want to say it's i want to say malaysia is better because i think it's more that dubai is worse in the sense that you've literally singled one person out who most likely is an inhabitant of that place they're going to remain there you're not like they're they wouldn't be surprised if they were then like targeted and then questioned um, also like i'm not even being funny yeah but like he's a british citizen born and born and raised brit like let's even talk about the anti-lgbtq policy in our own country like we have sat on this show and spoken time and time again about like anti-trans um policy anti-trans legislation anti-trans like you know um uh sentiment and 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 transphobia and homophobia at large like we have on the show spoken about it so like where's your like why not fix your lips for that we're a show that's meant to be talking about South Asian things and we still find a way to talk about that's everything. that's how prevalent it is yeah. in, our, in, our, in, our, in our society, in our community. <sighs> so are you, Matt Healy? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> like, Rishi Sunak is absolutely ravaging the masses. Matt Healy, we need you, our hero. Come on. <laughs> oh, dear. I think that sounds like a good place to round off things. Um, thank you to everyone that has tuned in this week. It's been very nice to be in the studio again. It has. Yeah. It has been very nice. It's very nice. Um, yeah, tune in next week, 2 to 4 p.m., where we'll be back again to talk about the latest antics. Oh, no, we're yeah. talking. There will be um, wedding episodes well, coming up, guys. Potentially, of- potentially wedding episode. We'll see what availability is. I don't want to give people false hope because realistically, well, the, way the wedding episode was supposed to be like literally like our comeback thing, and we've just ended up talking because there's so much to cover. In there is so much to cover. We want to give on. you like a really good yeah. rundown. Like, if anyone has any particular questions they want to ask, actually, to be honest about that, I think <laughs> that would be the good. Or, or, yeah. or just like even running, like planning a wedding like hosting a wedding Carlos I'm sure has a lot to share yeah a lot of grievances namely (laughs) (laughs) it's nice to be on the other side of it definitely see you next week